Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We acknowledge and pay our respects to the Turbal and Yagara people, the traditional custodians of the land we gather on. We acknowledge the deep feelings of attachment and relationship of the Turbal and Yagara community to country, and we respect and value their present, past, and ongoing connection to the land and cultural beliefs. We wish to pay respects to elders, past, present, and emerging. I'm a feminist, but... Hello, Brisbane! We're out of lockdown and all the way home. And I'm a feminist, but... When I got to Brisbane, I thought I should find out what's going on in the feminist community, and I googled Feminist Brisbane, and the first thing that came up was a feminist bushwalking society. (laughs) And I was like, ah... Do men have enough rights? Because I really like feminism and everything, but also I don't like it enough to get leeches and ticks. Bushwalking? How's that giving us equality? I mean, it's great to have a chat, but, I mean, let's do it down here with a cocktail. I'm a feminist, but... I, uh... I used to be afraid of calling myself a feminist in case it made me less fuckable. But I recently got a girlfriend for the first time and it makes me more fuckable. <laughs> what a great turn. What a great turn. Because last time I saw you had a boyfriend. And yeah, now... he was a dick. <laughs> he pushed me to women and I'm very glad. <laughs> I'm a feminist, but... Earlier this evening, uh, Deb asked me to um, zip up her dress. 
And uh, I was just fucking struggling to do it. And I, and I said, um, I'm, I'm really sorry, mate. I don't, I don't really understand dresses. And she said, is it because you've got more experience getting them off? <laughs> and I'm a feminist, but I did quite like that she said that. <laughs> Not sure you should love me after that. I'm a feminist, Grace, but uh, after you failed to get me into the dress, which was a, it was a little bit like a scene from Pride and Prejudice with a lot of winching of the corset, um, it, was, it was sticking. It was like one of those invisible dips that it was sticking. So they sent me downstairs uh, to the wardrobe supervisor of Opera Queensland, <laughs> and um, who I'm a feminist, but I assumed I think would be a woman. And it was a man called Nicholas who sewed me into my dress. <laughs> Swoon. <laughs> and, but he had to keep stopping because, you know, a tenor would go by and say, could you help me with my cravat? And uh, it was really magical and wonderful. I was glad that the dress had stuck. Anyway, I am actually sewn in. And I said, I'll see you in two hours. And you can get me out of it. <laughs> All innuendo intended. <laughs> and he laughed in a way, it was ambiguous. I don't... Look, I'll tell you later. <laughs> uh, I'm a feminist, but uh, my dad lives around the corner from me and I pretend that I don't know how to mow the lawn, so he'll just do it. <laughs> you pretend you don't know. Like, what, you ring up and go, I've forgotten. I just go... Oh, Dad, the lawn's getting so long. Because I'm the only girl. I'm the, I'm the, I'm the baby girl. Do you, do you do a voice? Yeah. Is it... If you want respect, <laughs> do you call him Dad? And if you want the lawn mown, do you call him Daddy? If I want respect, then I call him. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Um, no, I just... He just is really happy to do it. Sometimes I'm like, this is so heavy. And he's like, Steph, that's... That's a feather. And I'm like, ah, can you do it? I couldn't be bothered. I mean, it's heavy. And I'm just... I'm a feminist, but I'm a bad daughter. <laughs> listen, get what you can. Yeah, I figure. Listen, there are, time, there are days for feminism and there are moments to get what you can. Yeah. And it might be one of the... Because you, I assume you're conserving your energy to fight the patriarchy. Absolutely. Yeah. So you're like, yes. I can't... I've got to look, mow the lawn, and I've got to go out and do comedy, which is a very, you know, male oh. you know, there it's... you are. Yep. <laughs> you got me figured out. I'm working out. really hard to justify this, Steph. Oh, They're not and... buying it. <laughs> I think I'm being very convincing. So, <laughs> for the podcast listeners, mm. I'm not very convincing. <laughs> I'm a feminist, but due to, when we were discussing this topic backstage, due to a mix-up, I ended up calling Grace Petrie Daddy, and now Daddy Petrie is her tour nickname. <laughs> I, sp I suppose it is now. You've told them all. <laughs> well, I, um, I'm a feminist, but uh, a couple of weeks ago, I went to see Alanis Morissette in London. Um, oh. I know it's a sore point in Australia. I know she cancelled her tour here. I'm so sorry. Don't hate me because you ain't me. Um, <laughs> but I went to see Alanis Morissette in London, and obviously it was amazing, and I cried all the way through, and it was incredible. And then after the show... <laughs> There was about 300 women in the queue for the toilets and no men. And, uh, and so a few enterprising women started just heading into the men's toilets. And of course I was one of them. And looking the way that I do, when all of the other women were turned back by security, this security guard went, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, uh, it's, 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 do you know this is the gents? And I went, yeah, mate, I do, yeah. <laughs> and I threw those bitches under the bus. Oh, my God. That's the worst one I've ever heard you I do. I know, yeah. I mean, Isn't it ironic? <laughs> hey! Are we ready to start the show? Yeah. Then welcome, welcome, welcome to the Guilty Feminist. A huge round of applause for Steph Tisdale and Grace Petrie.
Yes, that's right. The music is always a little bit longer than that introduction. Hello, Brisbane. It's so amazing to be back. In the darkest days of lockdown, because I know you had lockdowns too, but London's lockdown did go on. I don't know if you heard. We were legally not allowed to leave the house for some years. And they'd let us out for a bit, then they'd send us back and, you know, and so on and so on. And we started just not believing in the outside anymore. I used to think, will I ever be allowed back to Australia? We had a go at scheduling the tour and they said, no, it'll definitely be okay by then. And then everyone's, they said, oh no, it won't be all right at all. Australia's said, never come back here. And they kept transferring the tickets. And, and I mean, some of you probably had tickets from the last date that was meant to be, yes, yes. You stopped believing, I stopped believing. But feminism believed for us, and here we are. I brought a sequined cape that says guilty feminist, partly because it makes me feel like a superhero. Not all superheroes wear capes, but lots do. Um, it's the, you know, and par partly because I wanted you to get your money's worth after all the waiting. Um, I thought, if I come in a sequin cape, they'll think, yeah, it's, it's been worth it. It's been worth the wait. It's been worth the wait. You know, I always, there's always an anxiety when I come back to Brisbane, because, um, you know, I was born in Brisbane, raised here partly, raised on the Gold Coast partly, and a prophet is never accepted in their hometown. <laughs> Not that I'm comparing myself to Jesus. He only had 12 followers. I've got loads on Instagram, so. <laughs> Come on. It's just wonderful to be back. It really is. Uh, just give us a cheer if I went to school with you. Great. There you are. Super. Give us a cheer if we used to be Jehovah's Witnesses together. Thank you very much. Super. I mean, I could really break it down into groups here. It's very specific. If you're someone who used to know me uh, in the, I mean, still knows me, but knows me from this geographical location because of either education or the lack of it, um, that's school or the Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, it, because if there was some kind of programming, and that's how we know each other, I see Nat Behensky after the show uh, because she'll she'll find you. You need to find her. Nat Behensky, where are you? Oh, you're there. Great. That's Nat. There you go. Super. It's so it's genuinely so wonderful to be back. But I I know what I've been doing for the last two and a half years, but I don't know what you've been doing. And as I've been doing the UK and the Australian tour, I've been asking audiences like, what's been going on here? What have you been doing? And while Perth really got this, um, Canberra, it's like a it's like a it's like a group of school captains. It's like every, everyone in the audience was school captain of their school and they've now gone to Canberra to obey the rules. And so, you know, in Perth, you know, someone was like, I didn't shave my legs for six weeks. And I went, what happened? And they were like, I was coming out tonight and I thought they could do with the going over, you know. And in, and in Canberra, it was people going, I co-founded. I'm like, no, no. No, if you co-founded something, this is not the time for you. We will get there. We're going to work our way up. If you've got something you need help with, I will ask for that. But can we start with a low bar where everyone in the room is going to go, I can do better than that. Anyone got anything? Come on, it's Brisbane. You must. Yes, hello. What's your name? My name? Yes. Kezia. Kezia. Kezia, great. Thank you, Kezia. So Kezia said she's gone. She doesn't know, therefore I'm just going to do this. Sorry, I don't want to get you in trouble, Kezia. Okay, so um, what's your name? Ariadne. Ariadne. Um, brilliant name. As is Kezia, to be honest. <laughs> Every one of this building has got name. I came in and someone said, my name's Elvis and this is Panda. That's true. And I, I, I haven't, I'm yet to meet a person in this building with a name like Gary or Sue. Okay, so Kezia, um, what did you do? What was your, what was your small, you're wearing a, well, you're wearing a hoodie that says resting witch face. How old are you, Kezia? 11. 11. Well, that's changed quite a lot of the jokes I was going to do. Um, Kezia, uh, what? Sorry? Oh, you're, you're not Kezia. You're Kezia. I'm so sorry. Thank you. Yes. You're Kezia. You're Ariadne. Ariadne? Yeah, okay. All right. Like Ariana Grande, but with some extra consonants. Ariadne, sorry, thank you. Yes, good, good. Okay, Ariadne, 
Um, Kezia, if you've got one, you will be welcome to give it. Um, I mean, she's normally doing, you know, things like Gilbert and Sullivan, and she's not really called into that. Uh, okay, Ariadne, you're 11. Um, and what, what was the act of feminism? Uh, I taught a boy in our class what feminist men. Too good, Ariadne. Too good. People here are like, yes, you did. Yes, you did. What did you say it was and why did you need to teach him that? Did he ask or did he do something that made you feel he needed to know? How, how did it go down? I'm just going to go and I'm just going to come and sit here Ariadne, so that we can, we can chat. Okay. Um, bearing in mind, I am sewn into this dress and when I stand up, it may just fall off. Um, Nicholas is like, what are you doing to my work? There's no sitting on the edge of the stage. It's not how he talks. Uh, okay, so how did this come about, Ariadne? So he thought that feminists were people who hated men, and we, like the whole class had to tell him that wasn't what it meant. So the whole class told him that. So what, what was the context of this? Like, how did it start? Was it in a class discussion, or was it at lunchtime? It was in a class discussion. So did the teacher say what's a feminist, or it just came up organically? It just came up, and he said... Uh, well, feminists are, uh, are people who hate men or women who hate men. And you said... Like, I said that that's not true. Did he take that on board? Yeah. Great. I, well, I'm, I'm so delighted that that was, that was the case. And, uh, and have you been extra nice to him so he knows that you like him? <laughs> to convince him? You have, Ariadne. Yeah, you don't have resting witch face. This is, this is all made up. Well, we love you and we love that you're the future. Because I think when I was 11, I don't know that I would have known the word feminist. Um, but I certainly wasn't educating anybody else about it. So I'm, I'm, I'm really so thrilled that you're here and contributing. And also, there are grown-ups here who haven't done anything anywhere near as good as that. And they're now going, well, I'm not saying mine now. If an 11-year-old is running a full-time education program while she herself is in education, Ariadne. So, so has anybody got anything less good than that? Less good than that. Anything? Anything? Yes? Great. I explained in vivid detail the childbirth process to a man... Did you show him footage, or? Oh, okay. Um, there were some graphic details there. Um, the, hor- the horror, and uh, and this was a cis man. He didn't know anything about this, and he was was he horror- Was he suitably horrified? Okay. And why did you tell him this? Was it so that he would know never to impregnate anybody? You're pregnant. Is this the man who impregnated you or no? No, this is just another, this is just a man at a bus stop who hadn't asked. Like, are you just spreading this now? You're thinking, oh my God, what have I done? Men need to know. He's a good friend of yours, or at least was. Trying to be supportive. It's a love... Oh, he was saying, it's a lovely thing. It's natural. You'll love it. You'll enjoy it. And you were like, oh, my God, fuck you. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, That makes absolutely excellent sense. And he needed to hear the most graphic details. Send him a video, please. When when you're doing it... What's his name? Pluto. Pluto. Are people winding me up at this point? Leto, his name's Leto. Well, I want you to make a video while you're giving birth, screaming, look at it, Leto, look at it. Does this look calm? Does this look lovely and natural? No, it doesn't, Leto. This is what your mother went through, Leto. Call her and call her now. Okay, now, it's as easy to get down than up, I'll be honest. So I'm going to try and do a dignified... Okay, Um, so Ariadne's mum is going to just help me because she's going to take the mic. Okay, all right, ready? You're wearing a great T-shirt as well. What does your T-shirt say? 
Feminism is my second favourite F word. What a fun mother door tonight. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, has anyone else got anything that they would like to share? Now, if you want to, if you want to, you can go higher. If you've got something you want us to get involved in, you can. Or, uh, yes, go on. What's yours? You brought your friend out tonight against the wishes of her soon-to-be controlling... Oh, no, her controlling soon-to-be ex-husband. Okay, yes. This is her introduction to The Guilty Feminist. Excellent. Well, you're very welcome in this space. You're very welcome. And this is a family. And, uh, you know, this is... Uh, this, is, this is your first, second, third, fourth, fifth step tonight. Um, there'll be amazing people you can meet in the interval. Um, some of them will be, a, will be telling us stuff. Has anyone, did someone have one down here? Yes? Hi! Um, sorry, Kezia. Sorry, Kezia. Um, so I've just started production on a brand new musical called Destiny Doomed. It's written by a Brisbane playwright called Anina. And it is a retelling of an Irish folk tale where we, Anina has written it so the woman doesn't die. So she's rewritten an archaic story, but it has a happy end for the woman. It's not a fallen woman in a gutter getting what she deserves. Yeah. So because she's, she's dead to speak or have a voice. So in the, original, um, in the original story, I'm sorry for the spoilers. In the original story, um, she's, her destiny is doomed and her only way out of it is to take her own life. So in this, we have rewritten it and Nina has rewritten it and she finds, with the help of her friends, she finds a way to escape her destiny and rewrite it for herself. Love that. And what stage is this musical in? So we've just started rehearsals. Um, I'm on it as the movement director and we have an incredible cast, a diverse cast. It's an all-female and non-binary um, production team. It's by an indie theatre company in Brisbane. And where will we be able to see it and when? So it's on in Musgrave Park um, over the, towards the end of September, early October. Great. Is that Musgrove Park? Musgrove Park, the one just that way. Musgrove Park. Okay. Yeah. Musgrove Park. What's the theatre called? It's called Observatory Theatre. Observatory Theatre. Can we buy tickets now? Yes. You can? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so tickets are open... But how many seats does the theatre hold? So we're doing it outdoors. So, because oh. um, we wanted to keep, and Nina wanted to keep with that traditional storytelling mm -hmm. of the outdoors feel. So it's outdoors. Please bring a blanket or a chair or a pillow. Um, and I think it's where only this very limited seating. So Observatory Theatre and the musical's called Destiny Doomed. Destiny Doomed. Okay. So get your tickets now for Destiny Doomed. You won't want to miss that. That is a way that you can support local feminists in Brisbane doing something. And Hannah Gadsby always says to me, story is our cure. That we go to story to see what's possible. And so if local feminists are working to make this happen, presumably on quite a small budget. Yes? Do you need more money for the show? Maybe. Okay. Never say maybe. Never say maybe. If you ever ask, do you need more money, you always just say yes. I'm in the arts, so I should know to say yes. You, you, you're nearly out of money. Well, we're, I, the arts always needs more money. The arts always needs more money. Okay. But you're, I think you should specifically say, yes, our production needs yes. more money because you want to pay people more and, you know... We would you, love to pay people more. Okay, super. Um, so if anybody is a wealthy patron here tonight... <laughs> and would like to give them some money, but the one way, great way you can give them money is to buy a ticket and take your friends, show, share it on your WhatsApp groups, not just on your socials, and uh, let's get some exciting hype around it, because yeah. I'm very, very thrilled to hear this story. Thank you Thank so you. much. Thank you. Uh, Brisbane, so far, you have delivered. So if you would like tonight to be like a pleasant radio show on the ABC, uh, clap now. And when my hand is here, um, it's if you want the show to be something between a revolution and a riot, where 
if the patriarchy were listening in, it would be like, oh shit. <laughs> Teetering on an orgy. And I only say this, I only say this um, because Gloria Steinem herself, one of the most famous feminists in the world, she says, if you want there to be dancing and laughter and joy and sex after the revolution, you've got to have dancing and laughter and joy and sex during the revolution. Okay, ready? Okay, ABC Radio. Some people, yeah, they're like, that's what I've come for. I didn't understand. It was, it didn't say orgy on the QPAC website. No. That's what I've come for. Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. But it's a democracy. We'll go for the, we'll go for the majority rules. Okay, ABC Radio. Okay, uh, more, more drunken, quite cross with the patriarchy. That's quite funny. Revolution teacher got orgy. Eleven-year-old? Are you eleven? Is that you? No. Where? Oh, there. Hello. Well done. Oh, cool. I don't. I don't know what they are. Are they stockings? I wish I didn't. That, that was a shit way to start. Sorry. Um. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Um, how are you guys doing? You good? It's, uh, it's very nice to be here, uh, and I do, I do have to say I recognise that this is a podcast, so some of these jokes are a little bit visual, so just, just, just uh, I have to tell you, I've got big boobs, okay? It's just, <clears throat> um, and I'm also dressed like a sailor, I don't know what that's about, but um, no, I've got big boobs, I don't like having big boobs, uh, I, uh, I'm a double J, um, I don't know if you guys know much about the alphabet, but that's... It's too much. Because um, sometimes I lose shit down there, you know what I mean? Like, I just... Like, one time, man, I was eating a sandwich. Drop, for snacking later, exactly. But see, I dropped that thing down there, came out toasted, so I was like... Um, <laughs> but I'll be honest, I did lie. I'm not a double J. I've actually gone up since then. Uh, but I, I, I used to be very confused, because I was like, a double J isn't a bra size, it's a fucking radio station and um but uh I recently I recently went up I'm somewhere between a K and an L I have to get my bras specifically made for me and I said this somewhere and somebody said are you trying to get to triple M um (laughs) I'm just collecting radio stations um no, I, I, the reason why I don't like having big boobs is because I think it's very easy to make a judgment about a woman if you're a boobs guy based on her boobs do you know what I mean and, like, women, we don't get to do the same. You know what I mean? Like, you can't look at a fella and go, oh, I bet he's packing. Oh. And, I mean, well, I mean, for so many reasons you can't. Sometimes, sometimes it's all balls. Um, you know? And sometimes it's cold. Well, you know. You've got growers and not showers. But it doesn't feel fair. Like, it doesn't feel fair, because a man can go, I'm into boobs, <laughs> that's what I'm doing tonight. You know, it was easy. And so um, I actually came up with a solution. Uh, it's not easy to put into practice, I'll be honest, but I did come up with a solution. I just believed that the world would be a better place if all women were just flat-chested until we got excited. <laughs> you know, like, imagine that. Take the time to get to know me, you know? <laughs> I don't know if it's enough. I think men, men are very, very, very confident in their skills a lot of the time. You know, I don't know if it's enough just for us to be flat-chested until we get excited. I think maybe we need to also have, like, a turn-off. Just, they just suck in. <laughs> you know, audibly, too. Just, that's it, they're in. Because <laughs> I'm a very polite person. I find it really hard to say no to people. But that would make things so much easier. Just turn around and go, oh, I'm concave, mate. Um, 
nips and play in my rib cage like a xylophone, not gonna happen. So, um, <laughs> I, I think it's, it's, it's been hard. Like I put on a lot of weight during COVID. I was already a fatty, but I put on a lot of weight during COVID. I don't know if anybody else did. I just sat down and went, I'm just gonna eat, you know. Um, don't know what else to do. I've got a new nickname now, I go by Coco. Um, not for like, um, not for co-COVID, uh, but for, for, for Cocoa Pops, because I'm just like a chocolate milkshake, only chunky now. Um, crunchy in the winter. I don't know what that means. I, <laughs> don't look at me, Arad, uh, I don't know what, uh, uh, Ariadne, was that it? Thank you. Cut that out. Um, no, no, okay. <laughs> Um, no, but I, I put on weight and I've been really, really insecure about my, my body because I am, I, like, I've always been a big girl and I just, I think the thing is, people look at me on a stage, the amount of times that I get messages where people are like, it is so inspiring to see a big woman like you on stage. And I'm like, why is this inspiring? I'm just a fat woman living my life, you know? I just want you to know, just for anybody who's feeling inspired at the moment, I don't weigh five tons. I'm not fucking with the structural integrity of the stage. Because <laughs> I think the thing is, though, is that I think that because I'm a big woman, people expect me to be very body positive. And, like, I am very body positive when it comes to other people. You know, I'm like, yes, you get it, girl. When it comes to myself, I'm body realistic on my best day. Do you know what I mean? Like... I'm body realistic enough to know that if I'm in an elevator and the door's open and there's three people waiting there, I go, fuck off, we're full. <laughs> um, I'm a proud Aboriginal woman. Have we got any Murrays in tonight? <laughs> Two, come on, Brisbane. <laughs> um, Murray is the term we use for Queensland blackfellas. And, uh, I love, look, I, oh, I do love being black, like it's my favourite thing, because we got this like little secret language you fellas don't know about. But it's also weird because like I like to tell people, yeah, I'm a black fella from Queensland, I'm a Murray, and they don't know what to do with that. They're like, oh, that's so in interesting. <laughs> I think I once met a Murray. Like they don't, you know, they try. But here's the thing that I think it's really important. I love being referred to as a black fella. I love being referred to as a Murray because it feels very personal. It's very individual to us, right? Because people say people of colour, and I get it, I understand it, POC, people of colour, a woman of colour, and there's something about that that just feels so generalised. Like, you, you miss any nuance of any specific culture. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm an Aboriginal woman. I have got not really, not a lot in common with, with Southeast Asian women or, um, or North Asian women. It's just, it's very, very different things, right? So when I get called like a POC, a person of colour, a POC, I go, no, I want you to say black fella. And I'll tell you what, they always go, oh, it's just, <laughs> can I say it? <laughs> Is it black fella or black fella? And I'm like, oh my God, you've ruined it. You've taken it. <laughs> Whatever. This is too awkward, generalised me. I don't give a shit. Um, <laughs> but somebody said to me once, it just feels like uh, awkward. And I'm like, oh, you know. You know what else is awkward? Um, genocide. So... Um, <laughs> But, uh, I, but I, do, I do think about this a lot because if, we, if we're going to call uh, black fellas or people around the world who are, are you know, coloured people, that's what's weird about it is when you switch it around, it sounds like coloured people. My dad is white. He's pink. He's a coloured man. Do you know He's pink. <laughs> I've never seen a more veiny human in my life. That's a pink and blue man. That is a man of colour. You know? That's what I find weird about it. And also, if we're gonna go calling people people of colour, let me tell you what, if you're gonna group us all together like that, the biggest generalised statement that you can, then just remember one thing. Around the world, we are by so far the majority, it's not even funny. <laughs> and what's, what's scary about that is if we come together, I'll tell you what, POC, right? You, oh, 
pock. Oh, these people, these people of colour, pock. Nah, get ready for the fucking apocalypse. Mm -hmm. We'll pock you up, you know? You want to come and give us small pox? We're coming in with big fucking pox! <laughs> I've, been, um, I've been trying to, to learn to, uh, to love myself quirks and all a lot more recently. And uh, I, I don't know, I kind of had this moment where, um, where I realised, and it was in the weirdest way that I learned this, but I watched this, um, I watched this show about really bizarre fetishes around the world. <laughs> And I'm not kink-shaming anybody, but if there's anything that makes you feel more like a normal human being, it's knowing that there are people out there who buy old casts, like from a leg. <laughs> like, I think about that and I go, there is somebody out there... You can sell like, $2,500 on specialised sites because there's somebody out there who just wants to go, leg, you know. <laughs> Like, seriously, somebody will to you, and that's beautiful. Because <laughs> really, it doesn't matter what colour you are, what creed you are, what religion you are, what size you are. There is somebody out there who sees you like a leg. <laughs> <laughs> and there's something about that that gives me hope. And I would actually go to say... And I don't, I don't want to be, you know, crazy here, but I think equality starts in porn. <laughs> That's the utopia. Man, I, I reckon if you just keyboard mashed, it'd come up with something. It'd be like, oh, KJZF porn. And you're like, okay. It's just a K with it. Sorry, this is new. I'm just imagining a K. I don't know what that... <laughs> just very specific. There's something out there. And so I got excited because I was like, it's time that I start supporting my people, right? So I googled Aboriginal porn. <laughs> but, uh, Didri, do you know that, um, <laughs> that, and this is true, I literally couldn't find any. And while, while I recognise that it's not the first platform that we need to get... <laughs> Something about it really upset me, you know? And I was like, I feel like we're ready. Um, just especially because we've been getting fucked by everyone for years, you know, like. <laughs> um, um, I'm gonna finish this on my most shameful secret. Um, seriously, because I, I, I really, I used to think that this was the most shameful thing in the world, that I've been on this journey to just be totally authentic. There's nothing more that I can do or be. There's nothing that I am better at in this world than being Steph Tisdell. And so that includes everything that encompasses, right? So I'm gonna tell you my most shameful story because it, at a certain point, got way funnier than it was shameful. But <laughs> I guarantee you, you're all gonna get really weirded out. Don't worry, it's okay, I'll get you back. Um, so, okay, has anybody ever heard of the, it's called like Pika, Pika? Yes, couple of people, yeah. Um, for those who haven't heard of that, uh, if you've ever seen the show My Strange Addiction, no, they, well, if you've seen that, they all have Pika, Pika. Pika or Pika usually starts from a mineral deficiency, um, but is associated with like an uh, obsessive compulsive brain or a very anxious brain that um, wants particular uh, types of, um, you basically you eat non-foods for their sensory or something like that. So it's usually a mental illness thing plus a deficiency. Uh, a lot of pregnant women get it as well. Anyway, I'm just trying to make sure that you all know that it's not just, anyway, I eat rocks. And, um, <laughs> and oh man, I used to be so ashamed. Cause the whole process, I mean, nobody's warning you about this. I remember the first time that I was like, this is happening. I was sitting, <laughs> I was sitting at a table with my mates and there was like grout, it was a tiled table and it was grout. And I was like, I think I'm gonna eat that. Like. <laughs> That's a very weird process. And I was like, everyone's going to go, I'm pocketing that. I'm like, just, just pocketing bits of grout, right? And I was like, no, that was great. I'm doing that again. Um, 
And it's really strange. You go, oh, that was just a weird day. And the next day you're like, where's that grout at? Like it's... And after a certain amount of time, you begin to find your favourite rocks. It just happens. You know? I've got favourite flavours. I was at my mate's place one time and I saw this rock there and I was like, that's, that's, that's it, actually. That's, that's the one I want. Well, how do you go about trying to steal a bit of rock from your mate's yard? Couldn't show up with a spoon. Like, you know what I mean? And I'm standing there, like, trying to figure out, right, how am I going to dig my nail? I'll take it. But she caught me. And I didn't know what to do, right? I was freaking out. because I was there putting it in my pockets. She's like, Steph, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm going to eat this. (laughs) And it was real weird. And um, I expected her to be like, go away and never come back. Um, But she was weirdly accepting and then kind of became my dealer. It was real odd. Um, (laughs) I'd call her up and go, hey, Christina, could I get a bag? You know, like just weird shit. And it was just her and like my mum, I think, that knew about it. And I was so ashamed. And then probably the funniest thing that has happened in my real life that felt like a sitcom moment happened and I will never be ashamed ever again because it's too funny. So I have this amazing friend of mine. He's this real staunch cultural fellow from Thursday Island, right? And it's been amazing to have him in my life. He's got this amazing story of, you know, fully graduating high school on Thursday Island and coming over and getting a scholarship and getting a law degree and we've built a business together and he's always teaching me about these cultural things and about how he used to go hunting and what turtle means to them and all of this sort of stuff, right? He's a very, very, very cultural man very gentle, gentle human being. And um, I lent him my, my car for a little while, right? Now, obviously, I'm not an idiot. I have a stash of my rocks in my car. <laughs> for long trips, I get hungry. And, and so I, I lent him my car. And uh, my car's a shit heap because I'm a messy bitch. And when he comes back... He says, Steph, I'm just so grateful that you let me borrow your car. I've got a surprise. And I turned around. He's cleaned the car. And that's lovely. But I started freaking out about my rocks. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. Um, Weird question unrelated to anything. Um... Did you, see a, did you see a bag of rocks in there? And he goes, yeah. Yeah, I did. And I went, oh, did, 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 did you throw them out? And he goes, with the most genuine, serious, heartfelt, earnest response, goes, Steph, I don't fuck with anybody's rocks. <laughs> <laughs> he says... I don't know what kind of strong cultural meaning they have for you. (laughs) He goes, I don't know if these rocks, if your old people have been praying over them rocks. I don't know if them rocks are from your country. I don't know what kind of cultural significance they have to you, but I never touch another person's rocks. (laughs) And I was like, Bala, I've just been eating them rocks. (laughs) He was like, I wish I threw the out then. Um, uh, anyway, I, uh, I told that once on stage and, uh, and I said, oh, you know what, because it is a mental illness, maybe I just need a psychologist. And um, the best heckle I've ever had in my entire life, a woman went, babe, you don't need a psychologist, you need a geologist. Um, <laughs> thanks, guys, I'll come back later. Staff test out everybody. Isn't she wonderful? And she's local. Amazing. I feel very jealous that you get to have her all of the time. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. 
Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hello, Guilty Feminist. This is Deborah. The Guilty Feminist presents Camp As Christmas is coming on the 3rd of December at Queen Elizabeth Hall. I'm hosting with Tom Allen. Acts include Sophie Duca, Daniel Fox, Larry Dean, Rosie Jones, Kima Bob, Russell Tovey and Rob Diamond, and many more. It is going to be the night of nights. Everyone on the bill is LGBTQ+. And 100% of our proceeds go to the Say It Loud Club, run for and buy LGBTQ plus refugees. We are back at King's Place live on the 21st of November with our incredible guest, Seiyi Akiwowo. She's written a book on the subject of internet safety and she's here to tell us all about it. Do not miss that night. Uh, the second half of that show will be taken over by the Fuck It Up Comedy Club. That's Kima Bob and Fuck It Up Fox stands for Femmes of Colour. It's going to be an incredible night. That is also a podcast from the House of the Guilty Feminist. If you could do me a favour right now, Go to wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to or follow uh, the Fuck It Up Comedy Club podcast and the Media Storm podcast. The Media Storm podcast, which is new from the House of the Guilty Feminist. Media Storm is only in their second season. Uh, they've already uh, won a number of awards, including a gold in the British Podcast Awards, and they're now nominated for a British Journalism Award as Best Interviewers. I really, really recommend uh, that you give them a listen because they're interviewing the people asked last, giving voice to the voiceless, and they're doing some very, very interesting journalism. We are also at King's Place on the 14th of December. We'll reveal our guest for that soon. For more information and to book, go to guiltyfeminist.com and click on live shows. To support the podcast and get ad-free episodes, go to patreon.com slash guiltyfeminist. And if you could pop over to iTunes and give us a five-star review, you can review any latest episode. You can review every episode if you want. Uh, we would really appreciate that. It would help. If you could tell someone else about The Guilty Feminist, bring someone along to a live show, that would be an enormous help to keep the podcast going and support it. And now back to the podcast. So are there any cisgendered straight men in? Yeah. Except there's usually two or three in the front row, which is always fascinating to me, because I always think if I came to a men's rights activist conference, I definitely wouldn't sit up the front. And if I did, I wouldn't be like, yes, here I am. Um, and generally, if I ask, where, where are the, where are men, men just identify yourself? Yeah, where's the close one? Yes? 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 Well, you're, you're looking behind you. As if to say, not me, not me. You're not one of the normal ones. You don't have as much confidence. You're one, sir? Yep, excellent, super. What do you do for a living? Disability support worker. I can't do anything with that. What am I supposed to do with that? You're something worse, aren't you? I could tell by the way you went, not me. What do you do? I'm just a student. Oh, no, okay. It's, people are, the bar's very low for men. All I, ha all I have to do is be slightly self-deprecating and everyone's like, I love him, can I marry him? Oh. What, what are you studying? Primary school teaching. Oh my God, the ovaries are wide open. 
He's going to teach the next generation of children. He's going to save the world. How many, how many female teachers are in the audience? Give us a cheer. Yeah, loads. No, nobody here is going, oh my God, you're amazing. Ah! They're like, why are you out on a school night and not marking? The bar is very low. The bar is very low for men. If a man holds his own baby, we're all like, what an incredible father! Um, anybody else? Any other men? Yes? HR. HR. You're my man. Okay. Seriously, the, the high caliber of men we get at this show, it makes my life very difficult. HR, who do you do HR for, sir? A transport company. So by that, do you mean like trucks and stuff? Deliveries. Deliveries. What, like Deliveroo? <laughs> a courier company that drops things off and you're in HR. So do you hire and fire? I fire. You fire? <laughs> Why are you so proud of that part? <laughs> you fire people. You, you go to go into work and go, you, you're useless, out. No, just, just, okay. All right, the reason I was trying to find a man, um, and I'm, I'm worried you now don't really qualify, I was trying to find a man who earns a lot of money. <laughs> and I'm not saying you don't earn a lot of money doing HR for a career company, but I know that you don't. <laughs> so I was trying to find someone who had enough sort of patriarchal guilt to help, you know, fund that company that was doing the feminist musicals. <laughs> and I also thought... Like, there must be other people with other projects here. Is there anyone else with a project here that needs funding? And I feel like there's men who's not saying anything, and I don't wish to gender anyone or assume anybody's gender, but uh, I feel like there might be a man there who looks rich. He is... What, sorry? He has projects that need funding. What? Is he a rich white man? No, he's not a rich white man. He's a white man. What are your projects that need funding, sir? Oh, what, sorry? You're building wildlife corridors through the cities. <laughs> there are wonderful men. There are wonderful straight white men. Some of my favourite David Attenborough's are straight white men. And here is one of our number. So you are saving the world, sir. Or at least Queensland. One backyard at a time, that's his motto. How much money do you need? Pass a plate, pass a hat. What do you need, sir? What do you need? What's your name? Volunteers. You need volunteers? Oh, well, we've got those. What's your name, though? Is your name volunteers? Because it would run with this evening's theme. Everybody's name is slightly offbeat. Uh, so what, what's, your, what's, what's your name? Michael. Michael. Great, super, Michael. Um, Easy to remember, but not as unusual as we would like. Um, So, Michael, and what's your foundation or project called? Pollinator Link. Pollinator Link. And what you're doing is you're creating like a wildlife pathway so that the wildlife all links up. So you've got a koala here, but it doesn't just say, oh, it's a bit of bitumen. There's some wild flowers for it to walk over. And then through that, oh, there's a beehive. Oh, I hope the koala doesn't get stung. But no, it's okay because the bees have got flowers to... Oh, they're over there. So is it like that? Am I getting the right idea? Birds, butterflies and bees. No, we've got to save those, especially bees. Bees, we don't know what happens if all the bees die. But it could just be instantly we die. So we don't... And also, it's not just about us, not to centre ourselves in the bees' journey. Uh, but it is true. We don't know what happened if the bees die, the bees die. So this is great. So this is called Pollinator Link. What, what do you want our volunteers to do? Get out. Get out, yes. <laughs> Step one, leave the house, okay. Step two, Michael. Step two. Leave the house. Yes, where do they go? I've left the house. I live in Gatton. I know that name. Or I live in Redcliffe. And I've, I've left the house. I think Michael's got... I need to save bees with, with Michael. And then what do I do? I've locked, I've locked the door. Uh, which way do I go? You wear, go where? Put on displays and educate people. So would I need to contact pollinator link and say i'm happy to to learn how to put on displays and educate people do you need people to actually do planting and things 
You do that too. National Tree Day is coming up. How many of you knew that? Michael did. Mm. You need 600 trees or people. You've got 600 trees and you need them to be planted. Okay. Well, there's loads of us. There's like a thousand people in here. Okay. So who's up for volunteering for Pollinator Link? Just give us a cheer. No, who actually means it though? And we'll do it. Great. Okay. We've got you loads more volunteers. And do you need money as well? Always need money. Yes, see, yes, he knows. See, this is where you think at first, oh, he's not like a white, posh, straight man at all. No, he is, he is. Do you need money? Do you, money? Do you see that? Do you see that? Musical theatre, yes. Do you need money? Yes, always, immediately. Give it to me now. Okay, so if you've got some money, this would be a great place to put it. Just give us a cheer if you've got some money. Okay. You're getting a lot more volunteers than money tonight, Michael. Just to be clear, but we don't know those ones that cheered. Could be, one of them could be Bezos. We don't know if he's in. He's not in. He's not in. Just to be clear. Uh, But that's a great thing you can get involved in in Brisbane. And that's an incredibly feminist thing to do. Because if the planet comes to a grinding halt and just goes into complete inky blackness, that's terrible for women. (laughs) All right. Now listen. Have you enjoyed the first act so far? Soon you are going to get to go for an interval where you're going to get to go to the loo. You're going to get to go and talk to Michael, put your name down. Um, the, you just, do we just Google it and look up the website? Just Google Pollinator. Pollinator Link. Okay, just Google Pollinator Link. But you can go and say hi to Michael. It's pretty obvious which one he is. Um, <laughs> you'll, know, you'll know him when you see him. Um, you can chat to... I don't know if you thought one that was a musical. Did you ever say your name? SJ, you didn't say your name. Okay, so you can have a chat to SJ if you want to get involved in that. Um, and uh, chat to someone you probably recognise people here tonight that you didn't know were coming. Um, have a lovely time in the interval. All of that. You won't see me again. Uh, bef- no, you will after the interval. Don't worry, don't panic. <laughs> because I've got somebody very special that I've brought all the way from the United Kingdom to close the first half. <laughs> she is my favourite person to tour with. Uh, she makes my night every night so much better and she's about to make your year much better than it ever could have been if she hadn't gotten on that plane. Put your hands together and make incredible woohooing noises for the wonderful Grace Petrie! Brisbane! How are you going? It's lovely to be back in Brisbane. It's my second time here. Um, last, uh, I, was, I was with uh, Deb last time at the Powerhouse Theatre. Was anyone there? Oh, fuck. Wow. That's some good returns, isn't it? You all came back. That's cool. Didn't put any of you off. Um, so I'm going to sing you a couple of songs. Um, uh, this first song, it's... Uh, so it's... Yeah, it's very, it's very strange for me. We, we just came from Canberra. And it's very strange... Did someone just boo Canberra? <laughs> Fuck. Didn't think that was going to kick off like that. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but it's true. We've just come from Canberra, where it was very cold. Um, it's very strange for it to be cold in July uh, for me, because obviously it's the middle of British summer, um, and, uh, and it's my birthday in July, so I was sort of shivering around Canberra. Oh, no, thank you. Um, not quite yet. But I was sort of shivering around Canberra, I had to buy myself a big winter coat. Obviously, if I was in the UK, I'd probably be doing loads of festivals right now because it's the middle of summer. And uh, uh, because I'm doing this, um, I only just got to do one. So I was at Glastonbury Festival in June. Um, Anyone been to Glastonbury Festival? Cool. Glastonbury Festival is very special for me because um, I was there eight years ago when uh, I got a phone call from my sister telling me that she had gone into labour with her first baby, right, with my niece. And, uh, and so I jumped in the car and I drove, drove home. It's about four hours away from, from where I'm from. And, uh, and I wrote this song about my niece being born. My niece is called Ivy. And uh, this song is about her. And it's also called Ivy. And... Um, I just have to say a couple of British to Aussie translations. Um, so uh, the, the M5 is a motorway. <laughs> I believe you have one too. 
and uh, Kasabian. Uh, give me a shout if you know Kasabian. Oh, wow. You're not really going to like this. <laughs> it's probably not for you, this one, I think. It was Glastonbury 2014 And me and my best friend We'd had an awesome festival Then we got a call on Sunday about half past ten And it was back to the camp and it was pack up the tent And it was saying goodbye to Billy Bragg as we went And telling our friends that we had somewhere to be Someone so much more important than all those VIPs It was your mum on the phone that rerouted us We got a hug goodbye from Phil Jupiter's And then we drove all night from Glastonbury to meet you home when you were ready to arrive Ivy and I drove until the sun came up to beat you home all the way up the M5 Ivy and being early for someone was a first for me but I thought my heart would burst if you got there before me and all the way home all I thought was how I can't wait to tell you this story Ivy for waiting for me And I can't wait to know the person you'll become I can't wait to hear what music that you like And I can't wait to know the future as you'll make it And I wonder if I'll still be behind a mic Cause Ivy, maybe one day when you're my age Well maybe I'll be singing from that pyramid stage That once I drove all night from Glastonbury To meet you home when you were ready to arrive, Ivy I drove until the sun came up to beat you home All the way up the M5 Ivy And being early for someone was a first for me But I thought my heart would burst if you got there before me And all the way home all I thought was how I can't wait to tell you this story Ivy Thanks for waiting for me for me to arrive and let me just say thanks for not bringing labour on until Sunday night and halfway through Kasabian because who the fuck cares about Kasabian and thanks for not coming during Dolly Parton Believe me, I, when I say I would have driven right up the M5 To be there when you start living But I must admit that I would be sad departing Cause how many times in life do you get to see Dolly pass in life? Not that many, I... But I drove all night from Glastonbury to meet you home When you were ready to arrive, Ivy And I drove until the sun came up to beat you home All the way up the M5, Ivy And being early for someone was a first for me But I thought my heart would burst If you got there before me and all the way I can't wait to tell you this story, Ivy No, I can't wait to tell you this story, Ivy Yeah, and one day I'll tell you this story, 
Ivy Thanks for waiting for me Thank you very much So that was the first half. Join us for part two, which should be in your feed right now. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com